Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and the church is in prayer. Father, bless your word and cause your word to bless your people. Use my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Write your word on the hearts of your people. Grant that I will speak in a language that your people will understand. Back the letter with the spirit. Cause there to come together the number and the seer anointings. I pray, my God, that flesh will be put aside, that spirit will minister to spirit. Because deep call it unto deeper the sound of your cataract. I pray that hearts will be joined together. Let they that are weak, Lord, be kept strong by your spirit. Let those that are sleepy be kept awake by your spirit. Tonight may your people be edified, the devil be terrified, and you, God, be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name I have prayed. And if you love the Lord, you said, Amen. God richly bless you. I am preaching a very old message that was born somewhere in the late 80s in my spirit. The late 80s was characterized by some interesting teachings and doctrines about the blood of Jesus. I find those doctrines and teachings very interesting. And I remember one of the times I was in a meeting, an all-night meeting like this one. And I heard the preacher man pray a prayer that intrigued me. In fact, I was amazed when he said, Holy Ghost fire so na ye boom 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 na ehuru na ye de sabon sam I heard all those kind of prayers and I asked God, God, what will you teach your church about the blood of Jesus? I feel it. And I heard God say to me, it is the purest, the most powerful, the most efficient. It is the greatest weapon that is made available unto the Christian because the Christian is redeemed by the blood. The Christian is bought by the blood. The Christian is cleansed by the blood. The Christian is defended by the blood. And the Christian overcomes by the blood. If you heard me, shout hallelujah. From the preamble of God's holy word, Genesis, we see the blood of Jesus at work. I see the blood of Jesus come up against the devil. I see the blood of Jesus destroy the works of the devil. When man sinned against God and there was no way men could return to God, scripture came into fulfillment and effect when the shedding of the blood brought covering and brought the forgiveness of man's sins. I have seen the shedding of the blood throughout the chronicles of Israel. I have seen the shedding of the blood of turtle doves, cows, calves, and, and, and sheep and goats. I have seen the shedding of blood on the streets of Jerusalem during the dedications of temples and altars. I have seen the 
sheddings of blood all the time throughout the Bible. And God said to me, you cannot escape the blood because your faith is a bloody faith. It's a bloody faith. It's a bloody faith. It's a faith that's filled with blood. And God sealed all with the blood of the Lamb. Is somebody hearing me tonight? You cannot escape the blood. You can't. Then the Lord said to me, I have a contract with my people. And that contract is signed in the blood. And my people are entitled to it. But they are not able to operate it and walk in it. Because they do not know. If you don't know you have an agreement with God, you will walk in this life asking everybody to pity you, asking everybody to help you when help is in your hands. The blood of Jesus, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. He has made an agreement with you. He has signed a contract with you. He has stated certain things that you are entitled to because of the blood of Jesus. And God wants you to know those things tonight so that you will stand on your feet and pray. And walk out of this place knowing that the blood is speaking for you. Why did God decide to do that? He did that because number one, blood speaks when Cain killed his brother Abel he has stopped his tongue he had stopped him from moving he had stopped him from speaking but he forgot one thing he forgot that his blood was speaking and testifying against him and so God knew that the best way to sign a deal and a contract with you was to sign it in blood so that even when your mouth is shut the blood will speak for you somebody say blood speak for me speak for me speak for me blood speak for me if you read the history of Israel can I have two people the two of you please come Let me stand here so you can see us. There was something very interesting. Stand here in front of me and face me. Face me. That happened once every year. Something very interesting. The high priest would go to the Holy of Holies with the blood of the Lamb. But before that time... Something had to happen. Will you kneel down? A goat and a lamb was brought to him, the high priest. And the high priest would lay his hands on both of them, the goat and the lamb. And speak out all the sins of Israel on the goat and the lamb. The goat was released to go. But the lamb was killed and its blood was put in a bowl. The high priest will take the bowl with the blood to the holy of holies, dip his finger six times in the blood and sprinkle it on the altar. But the seventh time he'll pour all. Of the blood on the altar. I know you didn't hear me. So let me do it again. Mm. 
the goat and the lamb. The sins of Israel was spoken on them. The goat was released to go, but the lamb was killed, and the blood of the lamb was taken to the Holy of Holies, sprinkled six times with a finger, and the last time all of the blood was poured on the altar. I did not understand what God meant by that till I got to the house of Pontius Pilate. Then I saw the Lamb of God, Jesus, and the goats of God, Barabbas. And the question was asked. It is your tradition to release one every year. Who shall we release? They said, release Barabbas. Then he asked, but what shall I do with this holy one? They said, he's not a holy one. He is the lamb of God. This one you should kill and sprinkle his blood seven times. Because in the seven times sprinkling, there is a revelation of all that God wants to do for me. Is somebody hearing me here? The Lamb of God. That's why he was born in a manger. Not because he was broke. Lambs are not born in hospitals. They are born in mangers. He he had to be amongst his his own. Oh, he came to his own. He came to the lamb. He came to the sheep, but they did not receive. They couldn't understand him. Oh, oh, oh. And, and then when he entered, they all started bleating. And God said, I'm not going to go to kings. I'm not going to go to princes. I'm going to go to shepherds because they deal so while shepherds watched their flock God went to them as the chief shepherd and he said oh shepherds you are watching your flock but I'm here to tell you I also just got a lamb and for the very first time on Calvary the offerer became the offering for the very first time the offerer took his own blood and entered into the holy of holies and signed the seven point covenant the seven point agreement Jesus shed his blood seven times When God said that to me, I said, God, you have to explain this to me. Because I didn't see Jesus shed his blood seven times. He said, don't you worry, son, I'm going to show you. I'm going to take you through the processes. And you will see the seven times the blood was shed and what each one is for. So he said, let's go to the book of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. He said, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the... That goes on and on and on. And he says, he was bruised when you're bruised what do you do you shed blood 
And as that blood came out of Emmanuel's vein, it did something for us. It took care of all our transgressions. Transgression simply means to step out of line. Transgression simply means to miss the mark. Transgression simply means to do the wrong thing, even though you're on the right path. Unbelievers cannot transgress. It is only believers that transgress. Because believers are already on the right path. They are already going into glory. They are already with God. And yet we make mistakes. And when we make a mistake, the devil has three main things on us. Anytime you make a mistake or anytime you sin as a believer, number one, you come under the power of the sin. Number two, you come under the guilt of the sin. And number three, you come under the consequence of the sin. Then the Lord said to me, my blood will take care of two. But the third one, you have to go through it. It will take care of the guilt. It will take care of the power. But the consequence, you'll have to go through it. So if you don't stop sleeping around, you will get AIDS as a consequence of your sin. God will forgive you and release you from the so that sin will no longer have dominion over you he will release you from the guilt so that you can enter boldly to the throne room of grace and obtain mercy he will forgive you of the two but the third one the devil always wants you to think when you have made a mistake that that's the end of it Oh, but the Bible says if we say we are without sin, if we say we are without transgression, we make God out to be a liar. But if we confess our transgressions, our sidesteppings, if we confess our faults, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And by the precious blood of Jesus that came out of his bruising, he is able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and restore us from transgression. There is blood that is speaking for you. There is blood that is shouting for you there is blood that wants to cleanse you from every transgression I was in a pastor's office and the pastor called this girl and the girl walked to the office and the girl had a big tummy she was pregnant and the pastor was mad boy he was mad he was shouting at the girl you stupid girl look at the shame you have brought on us you are suspended from the choir you will not do that again you will not do that again I want to teach you a lesson so that you will not commit this sin again so when the lady left I asked the pastor what sin were you talking about the pastor said the pregnancy i said wrong sir pregnancy is not a sin i said the sin was sex before marriage not pregnancy before marriage <laughs> because when a boy sleeps with a girl only one of them gets pregnant and i found out yesterday that it's never the boy So if pregnancy is the sin, then the boys will never sin. We are too fond of blaming the lady. So when the woman was caught in adultery, she came alone. So I wondered, was she committing adultery by herself? 
Where was the man? I'm going to tell you where he was. He was with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The far you see and the Sadducees. He was with them. He was with them. The blood of Jesus that came out of his bruises takes care of your transgression. Number two. He was what? Wounded for our, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was crushed for or bruised for our iniquities. When you're wounded, you bleed. When you're bruised, you bleed. When he bled through his bruises, so through his wounding, it was for our transgression. Through his bruising, it was for our iniquity. Our iniquity is the sin. Oh, let me take my time and teach this. Let me take my time and teach this. Your transgression is the sin you commit. Your iniquity is the sin that is put on you. Okay, I'm going to say something and I need four days to explain. You are not a sinner because you sinned. But you sin because you are a sinner. Okay, I'm going to explain. I know, I know you're still confused. Iniquity is the sin you inherited from Adam. Because you were born a human being, you were born a sinner. And that's the reason why we better stop preaching sanctification and start preaching salvation when we go out to evangelize. We go out and we tell people, stop smoking and come to church. If they can stop smoking, they don't need Jesus. Stop drinking, stop womanizing, and if they can stop it, they don't need Jesus. But we say to them, come as you are. So they come to church smokers. They come to church sinners. They come to church just the way they are. And Jesus transforms them. The Bible tells the story of a man that was throwing a wedding feast. He sent for the clean, the righteous ones, but they wouldn't come. So he said, go to the highways, the byways, and and go to the alleys and the gullies and compel people to come. And so they went and they brought them in just like they were. But the Bible says, after a time... The bridegroom came and found out that one of them was still in his old clothing. Anytime you read the Bible and you come across clothing, it refers to nature. That's what clothing stands for. So when the Bible says the devil put dirty clothes on Joshua, it was saying that the devil was trying to accuse Joshua of a negative nature. When this bridegroom found the man in old clothes or the same clothes, he was talking about the man that has been in church for eight years, but whose character has not changed. Before you enter, you come in a sinner. But after you enter, you go out a changed person. You know why? Because the entrance of the church is not these gates. That's not the entrance. When God asked Moses to build a tabernacle, he said, I want you to hang drippings or curtains, four of them. White, blue, purple, red. Hang them 
at the entrance. Moses said, I don't understand. God said, you don't have to. Why? Because the four curtains represented Jesus. The white represented his purity and deity. Because he was pure and all God. The red meant that he was a prophet. Because red is the color of the prophet. The blue meant that he was a priest. Blue is the color of the priest. And then the purple meant that he was a king. I mean, uh, purple is the color of the king. As God, he came and told us about who he is like. And then as a prophet, he came from the father to tell men what God was like. Because prophets come from God and tell men what God is saying. As a priest, he went from men to God to tell God what man is like. Because priests tell God what man is saying. And as a king, he is coming back. Is somebody hearing me? As a priest, he was called the son of God because that was the title for priest. As a king, he was called the son of David because that is the title for, for, for kings. And as a, 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 a a prophet he was called the son of man because that is the title for, for prophets. Prophets were called son of men, priests were called sons of God and then the, the, the kings were called sons of David. Jesus was all that in one. So, when you were entering the church, you entered through Jesus, not through the gate. That is why when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the Jews wanted to kill him. Because they understood what he was talking about. Because that meant that he was the way to God. And they couldn't accept that. How can man talk like that? Just compel them to come in. Just ask them to come in through Jesus. When you go out to evangelize, preach salvation and not sanctification. He was bruised for our iniquities. By reason of the blood of Jesus that came from his wounds. I am born again, blood washed. My sins are forgiven. The devil cannot hold the sin of Adam against me anymore. He can't. And he dares not. Why? Because my iniquities are blotted out. My iniquities are taken away. Let me hurry. Number three. He was chastised. He was ruffled. The chastisement of peace was upon him. This means that I am entitled to peace. What kind of peace? The kind of peace that God gives. See, our problem is that we do not understand what peace is. Three people were asked to draw pictures that depicted peace. The first one drew a picture of a man that was, I mean, just laying by a stream. Birds were singing and everything was so perfect and quiet and tranquil. And he said, this is peace. 
The second person drew the picture of a man that was, I mean, just laying at the shore and, and everything was calm. The seas were calm. The, everything was so wonderful. He said, this is peace. The third one drew a picture of a bird that was in the nest. The nest was on a tree. The storms were blowing. The tree was breaking, but the bird was sleeping. And then he said, this is peace. See, in chi, peace is asum joye. It means that quietness in my ears, twin jolly. Quietness in my ears. It did not say that quietness outside. So it means that there could be storms outside. But if I want true peace, I should have quietness in my ear. The only time your peace is troubled is when the quietness in your ears begin to shake. There was this time Jesus was in the boat with his disciples. And... I have heard lots of preachers preach this thing and they say Jesus was sleeping, but I don't believe it, Papa. I don't believe Jesus was sleeping and I'm going to tell you why I don't believe it. While Jesus was down there, there was trouble, there was storms, there was all kinds of things happening. And so the disciples sent one of them to go talk to Jesus. And when he got there, the conversation they had told me the man was not sleeping. He said, don't you care that we perish? If he was sleeping, how would he know they were perishing to care? But he got there and Jesus was wide awake eating both fruits. So the disciples said, ah, we thought you were sleeping. So you mean you are awake and we are sinking and you don't care. Jesus looked at them and said, ah, these people. Then he walks to the front of the boat. What he says is what surprises me. When he spoke his first words, I said, stupid man. Listen to what he said, and maybe you will agree with me. There is storm, there is trouble, waves, all kinds of horrible things. He begins by saying, peace, be still. asked him Jesus why did you say that he said because peace was not stable peace was shaken peace was troubled the peace that is in our that is between the ears the peace that is in our mind was shaken it was troubled it was moving from left to right so all I had to do was say to the peace to be still because that's all the devil does when he comes up against you he just shakes your peace he just troubles your peace. He just lifts your peace up, brings it down, and when your peace is shaken and it's not still, your heart begins to fear. So he was chastised for your peace. When the devil comes up with problems, hold your head and say, peace, 
be still. I came here to tell somebody, there is peace in your marriage. There is peace in your business. There is peace around you. There is peace wherever you go. It is just shaken. All you've got to do is by reason of the blood, say to the peace, peace, be still. Be still. Be still. Why? Because peace is a person. Peace is a person. When Jesus in your heart begins to shake, that is when you have trouble. But when you have stilled Jesus in your heart, you're okay. He said something that the Israelites didn't understand. He said, my peace, I live with you. And the Israelites are complaining and they are saying, but God, what is this? The most troubled place on earth today is Israel. So where is the peace? Jesus said, the Bible says when Jesus was born, they said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. I don't know if there is peace on earth by our standard. But they didn't understand. When he said peace on earth, he was just talking about his church on earth. Because his church on earth is peace. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. That is the reason why he could confidently say, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Most of the times we think the gates of hell will come up against the church. That's not possible. Gates don't move. It's people that move. The devil is a tricky devil. He's stolen things that belong to us and he's hidden them in hell because that's where he stays. But when the church will get up and move and they get to the gates of hell, it will not prevail. It will not withstand. It will not be able to hold them back. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Why? Because the church of God is peace on earth. Jesus in your heart is peace on earth. Don't let your peace shake. Settle this in your spirit that no matter the storm, Right in the midst of the storm is the peace that you're looking for. There is peace. Number four, and then he says, where the stripes, you were healed. I I don't think there is any message that's been preached more than this one. We know we have healing through the stripes of Jesus. When he was whooped 39 times, everyone of the stripes carried healing for every one of the 39 major diseases there are. There are only 39 major diseases. And then all the other diseases come under the 39 diseases. And Jesus was whipped 39 times. And the Bible says with his stripes you are healed. And so it means that I have healing through the stripes of Jesus. And that is settled. After God gave me the four, I said, God, you said seven. Now Jesus has shed blood four times. God said, come with me. Then he took me to the garden where he was arrested. And I saw them put a crown of thorns on his head. What do you think happened? He started bleeding. I asked God, what is the meaning of this? 
He said two things. Number one, thorns represent curses. Because when God created the earth, there were no thorns on the earth. It was when man sinned against God that the Lord cursed the earth with thorns and thistles. He said, thorns and thistles will the earth bring forth because of you. So thorns and thistles are symbols of curses. When it was put on the head of Jesus, it just symbolized and meant that by the bleeding, Jesus had taken care of my curses. I have seen people, born again Christians, being delivered from generational curses every year. Generational curses, the generational curses are broken. When there is no scriptural base for generational curses running through believers. I know lots of people here are angry because I said that. Because Christians like to create trouble that is not there. And name devils that don't exist. We love that. I was in a church. A lady came in with lipstick and had made up herself very beautiful. And the preacher man stopped and said, Jezebel's spirit. I asked why makeup and those things was Jezebel's spirit. And the preacher told me it's because Jezebel used them. I said, but Esther also used them. So why isn't it Esther's spirit, but Jezebel's spirit? The spirit of Jezebel is the character of Jezebel. A person's spirit is their nature, is their character. She was manipulative. So the spirit of Jezebel is the spirit of manipulation. It's the spirit of lying. It's the spirit of control. It's the spirit of witchcraft. It's the spirit of murder. That is the character of Jezebel. And that is the spirit of Jezebel. It's the spirit that leads nations into idol worship. It is not makeup. Or your fingernails. That's not what it is. Late in the 80s, some very interesting doctrines came from Nigeria. And they were doctrines of the devil. Those so-called ministers that were preaching. I stood in Ghana and I said those ministers were possessed. And today we have found out. Some of them were teaching things that so much exalted the devil and made God so little. That hey, people of God, huh, when you are praying, and, and the crazy thing that was going on when, when, when a witch fell under the power of God, they would take the witch to the podium and they say, confess, tell everybody the things you were doing. Nonsense. I don't need to know that. It's not the witch that will teach me. The word teaches me. Oh, don't clap, don't clap. Let me finish. Man of God, let me tell this interesting story. In Takrade, this witch started confessing and the pastor was happy. Can you know? was awful. Accident now. Then all the funny church members, hey! And one, no, no. But you're there. Can't one can't be woo? 
Oh, sofo. Me busi ya musuno. Me kuo mungina. Akami ya sape. Oh. Kaningina, kaningina ane ya mwampaye mwane nyo jie. Eh, no, sofo. Eh. Eh, asyo ya accident. Nusye ni ya kose ye. Eh. Kaningina o. Jesus, nusye ni ya kuno. Sasa. We exalted confuse and medicine men and witches and brought them to come and teach us. And we were interested in the things they were teaching. And some of them would say things like, sometimes when you're having all night here at Bedin Powell and Prophet Nana is leading and we will come and we'll be blocking your prayer. Even one day old born again Christian, all the witches put together can block their prayer and prophet Nana's prayer. Together with 7,000 people praying, how can you stop this kind of prayer? But we liked them. And because of that, we also accepted the doctrine that said we are all under a generational curse and every now and then you have to go through some form of deliverance. And they quoted the scripture, I am a jealous God. I visit the iniquities of the fathers unto the children unto the third and fourth generation. And they left the ending of that scripture. We said of them that hate me. I am a jealous God. I visited the iniquities of the fathers unto the children, unto the third and fourth generation. But it doesn't end there. He says, of them that hate me, simply put, of unbelievers in the family. And I show mercy unto a thousand of them that love me. He shows mercy. Even though according to the law of God, by reason of what had happened, everybody should have been under a generational curse, by reason of mercy. The difference between grace and mercy is this. Grace gives you what you don't deserve. And, and uh, 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 mercy, no, grace gives you what you don't deserve. And mercy does not give you what you deserve. Okay, so you should have gone to prison for 20 years. But because of mercy, you don't go. You should not have received money. You didn't deserve it. But because of grace, you get it. Are you following me? So he shows mercy. He does not allow them to get what they should have gotten by reason of his mercy. You have been delivered from generational curses. Did you hear me? You are not under a generational curse. You are free from generational curses. So stop wasting your time on generational curses and start directing your prayers in another direction. The second thing is this. All the thorns in the Middle East have poison on them. All. So when they put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head, they were poisoning him. Poison stands for demon power. So it means that because Jesus bled from his head, I have power over demons. It doesn't matter how little I am. I have power over demons. When I speak 
to demons. The reason why they must obey is because I speak once but they hear twice. They hear me and hear the blood. So they must obey. Demons are subject to us in the name of Jesus. They are subject to us. They must obey us because there is blood that testifies against them. The blood that came from the head of Jesus testifies against the demons and tells them that they don't have any power over me. Number five or number six? Number six. I said, God, what more? He says, come, let's go to Calvary. Then we got to Calvary. Then I saw them nail the hands and the feet of Jesus. And he started bleeding. I said, God, what does, what does this mean? He says, your, your feet stands for your destiny, where you are going. Your hands, what you should get. What you should receive. Jesus' hands and feet were stopped. And when he bled, the blood speaks for you and says you should be able to go forward. There is nothing against progress in your life. You must progress. You must make it. Because you have the cheering of the blood. You have the backing of the blood. The blood of Jesus that came from his hands and feet are speaking for your financial prosperity, are speaking for your success, are speaking for your progress. There is blood that is speaking for you and it came from his hands and it came from his feet. There is nothing against the Christian's prosperity. There was a doctrine that taught us that if you are rich, you cannot serve God. So you have to be poor to be able to serve God. I found out that it is only when you are rich that you can truly serve God. Let me explain to you. A poor man is compelled to serve God. A rich man has a choice. Also, you raise prayer and say we are praying against poverty, everyone will lose their voice. You will pray every prayer because you want to escape poverty. But when a rich person comes to church, it is because they choose to serve God. See, Man of God, never trust a needy person. Also, for never trust a needy person. Because a needy person is compelled by a restrictive desire. When you are in need, you don't know what you want. Ah, haven't you ate food that didn't taste good? But because you were hungry, you didn't know. Man of God, when I was here in Ghana, I used to love some restaurant. I, it was it was brutal. Their meat pie. If you ate some, you were in town. After staying in Europe for six years, I came back and I said, "Let me go and eat that meat pie." I tasted it and I asked myself, "What was it that was making me like this rubbish?" 
Is somebody hearing me? What was it? So who tells you poverty will let you serve God? When people that are poor come to the all night and after much prayer, they prosper. Don't they start giving excuses? They did not love God. They needed him. Poor people need. Rich people want. I have a choice. If all the money you have is two Ghana cities, it's not every restaurant you can go to. If you attempt dynasty, you wash plates. But if you have two million, you go anywhere you want. Because if they play the fool, you will buy the workers and buy the restaurant. You have a choice. Poverty is not a nice thing. Man of God, when I was in Ghana, I remember I would go to places where they were killing goats and sheep. And I will ask them to give me the fat. And I will cook the fat. And I will be eating the fat. What kind of stupidity is that? Fat. And you are eating it. Go to poor countries. The things that they like and the things that they admire will tell you that poverty is craziness. Oh yeah, a adambo. I'm telling you. What is so nice about being poor? What? What is so nice about being broke? Hey, I went to a church in Port Harcourt. And whilst I was, I mean, after I finished preaching, I, not, I had noticed something in the church. And I said, let us raise some money to pay for it. I said, I want some people to give me. The pastor said, hold on. Because I noticed somebody was talking to the pastor. Then the person, the pastor said to me, man of God, if you are going to raise funds, stop. Because uh, somebody has given one million US dollars. If everybody here could give one million like that. Can you imagine? If everybody could give one million like that, the pastor will invite somebody from Holland to come and preach. And while the person is preaching, the pastor is hoping that the offering will go up so that he can pay his ticket and send him off. But if there is money in the church, you invite whoever you want to invite to come and bless everybody. Some of you have been watching Bishop Jake's Benihin on, on, on television. And you wish they were, I mean, they were here and you could touch them. Do you know why they are not here? Lack of money, lack of money, lack of money. That is the problem. A lack, a lack of money. I mean, so if anybody likes poverty, I don't think they are of God. Are we still doing the financial conference? If we are doing, come and then, and I, I will tell and teach us some stupid things the devil has taught the church. And the devil has said to the church that we should not talk about money because money and church don't go together. And I always hear people say, why do we have to raise offering? Why do we have to do this? Because even the Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. These days the pastors are charging. If they are go- so you, you are telling me you don't even understand the difference between free and freely. <laughs> poverty, oh, poverty. Free means to get for nothing freely means to give liberally that is what freely is 
So when he said you have received liberally, you have received freely, you have received abundantly, so give in the same measure. He wasn't saying give for free. I have never walked to the airport and had the people say to me, ah, that is a man of God, or give him business class seat free. I don't know about Ghana, but in Holland, I'm telling you, look who say they sell it all. Whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, they'll sell it to you. It's the same thing here. Oh, okay. <laughs> the devil has told people that Jesus, our perfect example, was poor. So everybody should be poor. And if you ask them why, they'll tell you, first scripture, please stop your preaching, stop, let me teach you. You young, young boys, you don't know theology. I am going to teach you theology. Teach me, sir. Then they will tell you, the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And you people are preaching money. Let me tell you. The Bible was, the New Testament was written in Greek. But when it was first translated into English, it was translated into the Celtic language. And then to the, to the King James language. So poor in spirit is an expression. Because the word poor, as it is used in the English language, does not mean lack. It means empty. It means humble. So poor in spirit is humble in spirit. That is why the Englishman would say, come to my humble home. Come to my poor home. It is the same. It doesn't mean broke. The Bible says for your sake, Jesus, even though he was rich, he became poor. And they said, you see, the man was broke. He became poor. No, 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 no. The Greek word that is used there is kinosis. Kinosis means to disrobe or to empty yourself. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. The Bible says that, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the very form of God, did not think equality with God was robbery, but he kinosis himself, he emptied himself, he disrobed himself, but the man wasn't broke. Uh-huh, what, what, he, what, what he wasn't broke? Wasn't he the son of a carpenter? How rich are carpenters? Wrong again. The word that is translated carpenter is the Greek word kepton. It means a builder. Jesus was a builder of houses. No, no, but Bishop, that is not true. Because even Jesus himself said, he said he didn't have a house. Where? He says, forces have holes, best of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay. He said, wrong again. Do birds sleep in nests? No. They lay their eggs. Do foxes sleep in holes? No. They have their children. So Jesus was saying, birds have a place to do their business and reproduce. Foxes have a place to do their business and reproduce. But I have an itinerant ministry. I move from place to place. He was not saying he was broke. Because in John chapter 2, the disciples of John went to Jesus and he took them to where he was staying and they spent the night there. If it wasn't his house, how could they spend the night with him? Who said Jesus was broke? Who told you? Who told you he was broke? Now let me prove to you the man was rich. Number one. What is a poor man doing with a treasurer? A 
man who is broke had an accountant who was a thief who was stealing from him but his ministry didn't break was that a poor man for you number two Jesus, Peter came to Jesus and said we have left our wives our jobs our family and we have come to follow you so who was feeding their families who was paying their taxes who was taking care of them we don't know so let's see this when Peter needed to pay the taxes who did he go to Was that a broke man for you? Number three. I know you are arguing that if Jesus was not broken, he was rich. How come he didn't have his own tomb? My brother, when you go to a country and you're going to spend three nights there, you don't build a house, you check into a hotel. He did not need his own tomb. He just needed one for three days. So he didn't have to buy one. But this is where I have a problem. Jesus is going to feed the 5,000. And Andrew comes to him. And he said, where shall we find food to feed all these people? Because even 200 denarii will not be enough. Now think with me. Why was Andrew talking about money and talking about feeding the people? Was it because Jesus was doing it? And that is the truth. Before that time, every time he had preached to the people, he took money and bought food for them. So when over 15,000 people gathered, Andrews was thinking, hey, this time even 200 million will not be enough to feed them. Now you are asking me, if Jesus was so rich, where did he get his money from? Old tradition tells you three wise men came to see Jesus. Nonsense. If three people come to the city, they will not get the attention of the king. There were over 300 of them that came because that was the Eastern tradition. You study Eastern tradition. Those wise men, they were not kings. They were not wise men. They were astrologers. They were star readers. So they read the stars and then they saw that by the positioning of the Masarot and the positioning of the great bear and where that particular star was, a great king had been born. So they set out to bring gifts to the king because that was their tradition. By looking at the star, they could determine what kind of gift to send to the king. And the gift was supposed to tell the life history of that king. So they brought May, which was for preservation. Because the prophecy on the head of Jesus was that his body was not going to rot. So they brought May to say that your body is preserved. They brought frank incense. See, there were three types of incense. They had the temple incense, which was bent before the service. And it was bent to keep rodents and snakes and those things away from the tent. It had a very strong scent. And before the service started, that was the incense they bent. That is our prayers we offer to ward of devils and demons. They had another one, which had a very sweet smelling scent. That was bent in the, in the uh, service itself. And that one went up to God as worship. 
But they had frank incense, which had a very strong scent that you could smell it from the gate, of, of, of from the uh, uh, city limits or the, the city boundary. When you were getting close to the temple, you could already smell it. So they burnt that before services, so that if strangers were looking for the temple, by the smell of the frank incense, they would be able to know where the temple was. So they brought Jesus frank incense, saying to him, your ministry will go far. And people... They gave him gold, not one little piece of gold, bags of gold. That was the money he was using for his ministry. He was not broke. I mean, a broke man cannot run the kind of ministry he was running. 120 men on payroll, including their wives and children. A treasurer who is stealing. And the man is still going strong. When they crucified Jesus, the people that didn't believe in him were fighting over his robe. You think it was counterman to first election? Poverty is not from God. And there is blood that is made available. After that, I said, God, you said seven. Now it's over. God said, no. Come with me. Let's go to Genesis. So we went to Genesis. Then I heard God speak. I'm ending my message now. Then what God said surprised me. Papa, God was speaking to Eve. But God said, I will put enmity between you and the snake, between your seed and its seed. I said, God, but that's a woman. Women don't have seeds. It's men. God said, let's go back to chapter 2 of Genesis. So we went back. Then I saw Adam and Adam lay down and God opened his side and pulled out the woman and Adam called this one Isha which means woman or lesser man or that which has come out of the man meanwhile God had not asked Adam to name the woman But because God was bringing everything to Adam and Adam was naming, when God brought Eve, Adam thought he had to name Eve as well. So Adam called the woman Isha because the man was Ish. So he called the woman Isha, that which has come out of me or that which is lesser than I am. But when Adam heard God say to the woman, that your seed will crush the head of the seed of the serpent. Adam changed her name from Isha to Hawa. Which simply means the one to whom the promise has been made. Then I stood I said, God, I still don't get it. Then he said, come with me. Then we went to Golgotha. Then I saw the second Adam. And a deep sleep fell on the second Adam just like the first Adam then I saw a soldier open the side 
of the second Adam. Then the second Eve came out of the sight of the second Adam. Then God said to me again, I will put enmity between her seed and the seed of the serpent. Then God said, you are born by the second Eve. You are born by the blood. My mother is the blood. My mother is the blood. Is the blood that gave birth to me. The blood that came from the side of the second Adam is the blood that gave birth to me. And because of that, I am entitled to blood blessings. I may look ordinary, but be careful. It's the blood that gave birth to me. The blood didn't just buy me. The blood didn't just pay for my sins. The blood didn't just cleanse me. But the blood gave birth to me. The blood carried me for nine months and went to the labor ward. And the blood delivered me. I am a child of destiny. I'm here for a purpose. There is something about me the devil cannot put his finger on. There is something about me that the devil cannot understand. There is something about me that this world cannot comprehend. It is because I am born not of my mother, not of my father, but of the incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ, I am blood born. That's what makes me special. That's what makes me different. We are going to pray. Listen. All these benefits are made available to you. And yet, you're walking about like a chicken. You're walking about like you are powerless. A daughter of the blood, a son of the blood. And anytime you appear weak, the blood begins to shout from Calvary. What is happening to my children? Rachel is weeping for her children and and has refused to be comforted. Because there is something that must happen to somebody. And the person is just refusing to see it. The person is just refusing to step into their covenant and become. I am born of the blood. Let me tell you, my sins are forgiven. My iniquities are blotted out. I have peace. I am healed. I am entitled to some goods, to some money. I I must have some money. Boy, I must have some money. Boy, I must have some money. I should not be rich. Who should be? Man of God, I went to Mercedes-Benz. I had just taken my wife's car in for service. And I saw this young boy, 32 years, driving in a Maybach. A Maybach is cost about a million dollars. 32-year-old boy, he's driving it. So I went and I shook his hands. He thought I was just shaking his hands. But I wanted to feel if his hand was human. It was. I looked at his head. Man of God, the guy had only one head. 
He has two eyes, one nose with two holes, two ears, one mouth, one. I said, ah, I looked at his leg, two. So I said, ah, what is different? So I went to my car, my wife's car, and I look, I also have one head. Hallelujah. When I told my mother, Mama, I want to build story building, my mother said, Be careful. So I said, Hey, then people have died in a crowd because the number of story buildings in a crowd is not a joke. They've killed all of them. One head like me, they, they, they must enjoy. And me, I must not. Me, I don't sit in that office to work. Somebody sits there to work, and when they finish, I come to clean. Why? Do you know why I entered into business? Because the business people in the church were bluffing me too much. Somebody looked at my face and said, So for the Hobo Pine, and you may see a mayor fine. I thought, What about them? What about them? I'm also entering into business. Now, you may see a Miss Mabwa. That's a your chain. You think I'm an antelope? Am I not the one teaching you the principles? Oh, this is your chain. Oh, so for the other, you know, oh, there you are coming to the mommy. Koswa, you know, continue fast and pray for me. Now, in Chibianima, by the Nekofine, so for me, you're fine. My birthday, somebody buys suit for me. The shop I took you to. I'm entering the church and the guy is standing there. Say, oh, uh, Pastor, that, that, that's the, the thing fit. I looked at the guy and said, you. Then I called one of, I called Albert. I said, go home and get me another suit. Then I removed his suit. I said, my friend, wear it yourself. You're Ah! Little money you will use to announce. Go back and say, your sore throat. Generator, I saw the way one generator money you had to prophesy. <laughs> and only prophecy be brave. Five prophecies. You raise fifty-three. So you have to add five more. Then you get another fifty-three, then you can buy your generator. So I said, me too. Let me speak Ghana English. Me too, I'm going to look for money some. Me also made a business, maybe. That is why I went into South Africa and invested. I don't, otherwise, before you know, God will call you home. And when they call you, your wife doesn't sit in front already. She sits at the back. When they call you home, she will sit at the beach. I'm telling you. Oh, you will do. You, you, you've been having all nights for for how long? Me, uh, you know what is painful. After this all night, I'm traveling to Swedru. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a meeting there. Then I come back three o'clock. I'm meeting with some business people, and then in the evening, 
and all of this and they will tell me the Lord is your strength now what is the Lord for you is it not your strength too 2 a.m. in Holland I'm sleeping the phone rings I pick the phone yeah hello oh man of God did I wake you up I said no 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 I was waiting for this phone call I was not sleeping I was just waiting you're asking if you woke me up I was, I was waiting for the phone call and they'll tell you also for the Lord is your strength they wouldn't even go straight to the point after this all night you go home you are trying to somebody will call you hey so for you are they do it to me. I went from Ghana to, to uh, uh, Holland and some malaria had gripped me. I couldn't even climb the stairs to my bedroom. I got in bed, somebody called a picture. <coughs> said, oh, Bishop, are you coughing? Oh, it sounds like you have lung problem. Oh, my daddy doctors. <laughs> Medical doctor. That's what makes me. Oh, my daddy. It looks like you have lung problems. I said, yeah. I'm coughing. Oh, oh, then this one, you have to put off your phone. Don't let anybody disturb you. Anyway, so for, I'm telling you, it's good you have come back. Because the thing that is pressing me, if you hadn't come back, I said, my brother, you are the same person. That's, I said, oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't want you to pray for me. Just listen. Yeah, don't pray for me. <laughs> I don't want you to pray. I know you are tired. Just listen. I said, hey, Koso, that's him. Hey, also, me business, me, you know, you're basana. It's me, the me, you did say, oh, would you walk like a cross? Well, you should do more. Then I said, well, you should do more. Young, young associate pastors, you finish preaching. You are going. Then they will run and meet you. Also, lay your hands on me and transfer your anointing on my head. Oh, Jimfo. You think that is how anointing is transferred? Ah! I have gone to South Africa to go and preach. I'm going to board the plane. This young minister comes and he holds me. He says, man of God, lay hands on me. And I said, look, you don't. He said, no, 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 no. I said, okay, neither. I laid my hand. I said, Father, let this man see trouble. Let his wife have two miscarriages. Let him lose the churches he has planted. Let him walk long distances till he becomes short. Let he remove my hand. I said, what kind of prize is that? I said, that is my anointing. That is my anointing. Amen. The Lord will bless you, then you shout, Amen. Come and show a seat. What are you telling me? Why are you here? This woman, I see that the Lord is good. Hey, thank God. No, me me It's also <laughs> but when I said the Lord is going to prosper, eh? 
something must change. Amen. You are going to pray that Jehovah will bring about a change in your attitude, in your surroundings. Something must change. People of God, listen. I have seen poverty before. I have. I have. I have seen serious poverty. But by the grace of God, today I'm able to buy your kogari and pay without any problem. I pay. I have my small two-bedroom apartment somewhere in Brahabebome that I live without any problem. By the grace of God, this time, I don't hang on the back of Trotro. I sit at the front. I'm the last person they collect the money from because they start from the back. I can monitor from the By the grace of God.